words from the hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. Okay, so this morning we're just sharing about unashamed. Um, shame is a subject matter that we're all very familiar with sometimes. There's even a show called Unashamed. I think it's Omilola and a gentleman that run the show. I think you should check out the subject matters they're talking about. You know, shame is something that the devil has used for many years to bind many people. I want us to just pray before we go into our conversation this morning. Dear God, we ask that from your word will come oil for our spirit and liberty for our mind. Dear God, we ask that the entrance of your word will bring light, a brightening of our mind. Therefore, we ask, O oh God, that our weak resolve will be made strong in the light of your word. That we are open, O oh God, and ready to adjust ourselves and make your word a compass for our lives today. How we yield ourselves to you and open ourselves to your word, O oh God. We bless you this day and we worship you, our God. So let your name be glorified. Let your, let your, let your name be lifted high. Receive everything we bring to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So unashamed. Before you become unashamed, let's talk about what shame is. What is shame? What do, you, what do we think shame is? Who knows what shame is? I know all of you are ashamed to talk about shame. <laughs> shame is actually just our perception of what other people may be thinking about us it's a basic definition it's not from the dictionary our perception of what other people may be thinking about us our perception of what evaluation other people may have of us. And this thing has become like chains around people. They inhibited the best people. Ch chained down great men and women. Bound people who have great skill. In fact, the more you know the more the tendency for you to be ashamed. Have you heard the word blissful ignorance? <laughs> so when you arrive from the university, when you arrive first in the university as a jambite, that's when a lot of shameful things happen. But because you are unaware, you are happy. You know, like the university culture was pretty toxic back in the days. Now, with all the private universities, it's not the same anymore. Because there's a lot of uh, pardon, you know. <laughs> the people are more aware of what uh, damage 
you know, mental health challenges created by secondary schools. You know, you, you hear about bullying. Bullying has been here for a long time. The people were not aware of it. All of these things created in the atmosphere where people wanted to just be in a place of advantage of other, other people. It's very, shame is so invisible that sometimes you won't even see it. But sometimes you do see shame. So let's go in today. I'm good. Let's read this together. For the one who is from the earth belongs to the earth and speaks from the natural realm. But the one who comes from above is above everything and speaks of the highest realm of all. His message is about what he has seen and experienced. And even though people do accept it, yet those who Embrace this message. Know in their hearts that this is the truth. The one who is, above, who is from above, the one who comes from above is above everything and speaks of the highest realm of all. His message is about what he has seen and experienced. And even though people don't accept it, yet those who embrace this message know in their hearts that this message is the truth. This message is is the truth what are people typically ashamed of there's some funny ones just two or three i'll bring one poverty and poverty is worse in a place where everybody else is rich when you see a lot of rich people and today in today's world why poverty becomes a bigger problem is because everything is visible how many of you seen movies of the rich kids of Iran? You understand? Or Nigerian senators' children in London popping champagne and flying private jets. You seen, how many of you have seen that? Because everything is visible in today's world, it becomes less intolerable for people to see poverty and turn away. So poverty is contrasted today becomes something really shameful. So people who are poor don't want to be seen as poor. They want to honor themselves and raise themselves from their estate. So poverty becomes shame to them. And it's not only today poverty has been a problem because Jesus actually in his day said, blessed are the poor in spirit for they shall see God at that time people wanted to claim that they were rich in spirit and what those people were claiming they were rich in spirit people like the Pharisees want to appear like they have it all together so when some people come to this church and see our ordinariness they don't understand it they think like the pastor should be like a super holy man you understand and it should look perfect it shouldn't lie down on the ground it shouldn't cry so much and I move so much it should be more you know I move a lot <laughs> should be more put together so they look are like is this the man I will follow and they feel ashamed 
Don't follow me. Follow God. You understand? But of course, is there an example of open-heartedness? So Jesus Christ said, blessed are the poor in spirit. But poverty today is synonymous with shame. Reputation loss. If you shared last Sunday about how God took her through a journey when everybody who regarded her left her alone. I don't know, many of you may not have passed through this, but you have to pass through a time when the entire office look at you as the weakest chain. When your teams, when they're about to just kick you out. I was speaking to somebody the other time and she was saying how how her manager reviewed her so poorly that actually everybody was waiting for her to be fired until a new manager came and looked at her skills and said, oh my God, you are so important to this project. You are awesome. Can you imagine in the same organization you have reputation loss one day, you have re reputation redemption another day. Don't tell me that it's easy for you to walk to that point when nobody regards you. When you talk, they say, okay, okay. You know how the people want to be polite and not shut you, shut you down. But they just move right on to the next thing. Your opinion is not important. I think it was my dad who told me that if you have a group of friends and you guys are walking on, on the road, you know, we lived in the village, so he used the village example. You're walking on the road, I'm going to play. And as you go to play, going to play together, maybe young guys, and you say to them, guys, wait for me. Let me ease myself. Like you go to the side and urinate because we do it by the roadside in the village, right? And you come back and your friends have gone. So just turn back and go home. <laughs> Did you get it? That means you are not quite key to the alliance. You're not quite key to the alliance. So people are managing you. They can do without you. <laughs> Sometimes our image is destroyed. Sometimes we don't look like we're the strong member of the team. Sometimes we don't feel confident in who we are. We lose our reputation. And if you've ever led any organization, a big organization, everybody's waiting for you to become the CEO. And then one day you get fired. Is it not a disgrace? It leads to something we call reputation loss. And many of us will do anything to avoid reputation loss. This brings shame. Something else that brings shame is loneliness i can't tell you how many people feel lonely in a very busy city so loneliness has nothing to do with the number of people around you you can be in a crowd but feel all alone nobody understands you nobody knows where you're coming from or going to you feel all alone and that loneliness fills you with shame. You feel like, am I not good enough for everyone? So you're full of shame. 
from loneliness. How many of you know Nehemiah? So all the guys went to play football the other night. And if you haven't joined the guys, the guys football league, you must be missing something. <laughs> There's some good footballers here, or some, some people even signed for Enyimba before. <laughs> Well, I played for all of maybe five minutes in the year about. It wasn't up to right. How about? <laughs> Give me some credit. <laughs> this man, Neymar, is known for making tricks. So if you touch him, you will fall down and tumble and roll. <laughs> so he always gets himself a penalty against his opponents so that's so everybody he was even sanctioned they gave him they actually barred him from some matches from playing too much drama he was absolutely drama king so <laughs> on night my daughter was playing with the men <laughs> so, so i think I kind of, it was it was nothing they who fouled her <laughs> so the referee had blown that it was a foul, like he, had, he hit her too hard, like, and she, so she fell, fell, fell on the ground. After the referee blew, she now said, on him, like acting. <laughs> she said, I had to play a Neymar to get it. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> Do you know how sometimes we're seen as a scoundrel among our friends? We're seen like a joke. Nobody wants to be this person who is a joke. Everybody wants to be taken what? Seriously. You want to be taken seriously. And when whatever you do, you still get taken as a joke. You feel shame. You feel shame. You don't want to go out to meet with people who all they give you is just like <laughs> a good laugh. For you delight, for you do not delight in sacrifice, or I will bring it. You take no pleasure in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O oh God, you will not despise. While men try to cover themselves, while men try to protect themselves, what God wants you to do is to open up your shame. This is the most difficult thing about Christianity. We want to stay perfect. We want to keep our reputation. We want to look like we're rich. We want to look like we have it all together. We want to look like we, 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 we haven't lost anything. We want to look perfect. And because we want to lose perfect, look perfect, we don't want to be ashamed. So great is the shame that comes upon us when these shameful things happen from the perfection that we projected do you understand great is the shame that comes upon us when we've created a perfect image and the perfect image shows up not to be so perfect this happens to men especially this is men 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 any men in the house i can't hear you any men in the house leaning here all men we are told that we're not allowed to be vulnerable 
we're told that we're not allowed to feel anything we're told that we're supposed to be strong and be brave men are taught that if you cry you are weak men are inhibited in many ways because we're supposed to just carry our burdens and shut up nobody should thank you for paying school fees no one should thank you for paying house rent you just did what you should and if you're struggling with it why should you even struggling struggling are you a man that's what we're taught so you see young men who are supposed to be married they will be waiting and waiting and waiting why yeah you have to hammer you see young men who are married all they're doing is spending all their time begging their wife madam be patient be patient i'm coming i will show you one day i will bless you one day do you know that's how many people live that their entire life is spent begging their spouse to wait for them until they hammer pressure on men pressure on men pressure so ladies if you have a man who is trying rub his back this morning if you're sitting next to him brother you try brother you are trying you are trying <laughs> you know today is mothering sunday we are so unceremonious we are celebrating the men on mother's day <laughs> so mothers were supposed to have this service <laughs> but honestly people don't want to be contrite People don't want their heart to look broken. People don't want to look, they want to look perfect. And in perfection, meanwhile, God says, when I look upon your heart and your heart is broken and contrite, I cannot turn away. I cannot turn away. Why can't some people pray? They feel like prayer. How can I be crying in front of everybody? Why, why can't some people they can't lose control they can't lose control why can't some people lift up holy hands come on now it's not cool it's not cool you read that Abraham lifted up his hands but you your hand doesn't go past here like why can they be how can they be seeing me just just raising my hands and making a fool of myself God <laughs> God's sacrifice is for your heart to be tender this morning God is looking for tender hearts and what God wants you to do is to allow yourself emotional risk emotional risk this is what Oprah Winfrey say you must never do just do the opposite of what Oprah Winfrey tells you and you'll be closer to God She said, you must never be seen crying at work. It shows weakness. Don't ever cry. Ever. Don't show weakness. Be brutal. That's how you stay on top. And because she's on top, people believe that this is how she runs her ship. Show, have some exposure of your emotions. 
this is actually a word of God for some of you who know very well that these things you will never do, you never do it. This is, it may be a slide, but this is a message of God for some of you. This is deliverance for some of you. I believe me, there are some people here, they will do anything not to have exposure. And then exposure also breeds uncertainty. Just the sense of the fact that you don't know what's going to happen after that. You don't know what people are going to say. And then that makes it a test of courage. That is the only time you can be innovative. Every innovator goes through this circle. You take a risk. You take a risk. And that risk brings exposure. Exactly, I took this from a business book. It's actually a business principle. It's a very spiritual principle. You take the risk, the risk exposes you. There's a measure of uncertainty. And when the crisis comes, it tests all your courage. You hold down the ground. If you hold it good enough, you're going to have change. You want to change your attitude, this is actually what to do. You want to change something inside of yourself that is not, you know, you don't let go yet. This is what you have passed yourself through. I hope I'm not too intellectual for some of you, you know, but please give me your brains as well. God uses your mind, your knowledge, your faculty, you know. Someone told me that my, my preaching looks like uh, as if I'm preaching to PhD students, you know, but this is actually. Look at what the Bible says. Whenever you're vulnerable, whenever you go through shame, Whenever it's all happened and everybody has looked at you and walked away. Whenever, you know, what are the things that we call shameful things in Nigeria? You are caught in adultery, right? You had a child out of wedlock and people are looking at you. Every time you feel shame. What else do we feel ashamed of? Let's name them. This house of God. You guys haven't been talking. So I talk about shame, everybody's like, hey, today, not today. What are the things that are shameful in Nigeria? Yes, let's name them. You, you put on weight, right? Yeah. So you now start feeling shy. Start hiding yourself. <laughs> I hear that in university, they like their women very round, though. Is it true, Pastor Ibim? Uh, they take them to partnering room, so... Uh, maybe in cosmopolitan area uh, you still you Lagos bring some shame yeah. what else rape yeah rape is like as if you're dirty as if they as you've been used yes we talked about poverty earlier yeah poverty actually brings a lot of shame like you're poor will look at you as if you as if you like you have a disease or something right Mental, mental illness is also illiteracy like men, men, mental illness is like a very big one in Nigeria where they will just say you are mad and that's, and that's the end of everything <laughs> schizophrenia mass, you know right yeah what else you said illiteracy right like uh, all the people who have not just illiteracy like if you have some factors like if you're from Benue state and then you are, you are reading the news and you say this is Lady Benue to FM Stelio 
It's time for Bob Murray and the wearers. If you get it, you get it. <laughs> so they have the L and the R factor. And if you're in Yoruba land, and it's not me that you, I'm not facing any Yoruba people today, so please, you know, you know what your problems are. <laughs> Don't accuse me of tribalism. Oh. I talked about I talked about being your own first. <laughs> so <laughs> those things bring shame. Yes, barrenness. I remember my sister was waiting for the fruit of the womb for nine years. There's nothing they didn't call her stick. They're bringing a wife for, for, the, for the guy. My own sister, immediate junior sister, Grace, she went through so much. She was so broken by waiting for the fruit of the womb. She was barren. And it's not, it's, not, it's, not a, it's not a small thing at all. Culturally, it's a very big thing. It brings shame. It brings shame. We can go on and on, but look at what the Bible says. Let's read this together. One, two, go. In and this honor, you will enjoy a double share of honor. You will possess a double portion of prosperity in your land, and everlasting joy will be yours. This is a promise of God. At whatever you're going through, that wherever you are, that in everything that you have gone through, God will bring you to honor. God will change your reputation. God will do something awesome in your life. God will bring you by a place and by a way when his hand will turn around that story and make you to have double honor. If you believe it, say amen. He will change your story. He will change the things around you so that you will have double honor even in material things not just in spiritual things you see here what it says you possess a double portion of prosperity in heaven uh, you guys are not falling in heaven right in your land what does land represent the work of your hands what belongs to you you will have double portion your land will produce plenty someone met me yesterday and said to me that in two months in January and February she has made two times, four or five times what she sold in the whole of 20, 2018. Is that not powerful? So God is blessing some people. Let's put our hands together. God is bringing people by new opportunities. God is unlocking contracts. God is bringing jobs. He's changing the story around some people, but that's not all that God wants to do. Let me jump this slide. It's too... It's too so sometimes there are different kinds of shame there is physical shame the shame you feel in the outside and there is also emotional shame physical shame like what how we're living our living conditions how we look what we wear poverty sickness deterioration. emotional shame is like nobody wants to be old and alone do you understand that's emotional shame yeah so when the 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 fear of single ladies who are getting older is that they're going to wake up one day and they're just going to be alone or married women whose husbands are never available emotionally they fear that one day they're going to wake up and going to be old and all by themselves this is actually the shame that they fear 
So fear is very tied to shame. So that shame generates phobia for the future. And God wants to shake it off. And part of emotional shame is that when you go to a Kui club, you don't feel like you belong. Or Lagos Motorboat Club. Everybody is going to a lache, but you don't have a boat. fit into the right club <laughs> right and then the big one of them we talked about depression a little earlier but the biggest one is ostracism to become a social leper you know what a leper is we when i was young we used to have leper colony next to my town all the lepers would move there and they live there in huts. and nigerians give them nothing it was Netherlands Leprosy Relief Association that will come all the way from Netherlands to come and take care of lepers in my village. They had nothing. And guess what happened? Their body begins to deteriorate. Their fingers begins to... So they are eaten alive by the disease. So the, first of all, their fingers get eaten up, their toes get eaten up. So lepers don't have toes. They don't have fingers. That's the first part of their body. So their body gets eaten up from the outside in. Their face begins to get eaten up. Their nose begins to fall. Their form, their bone structure begins to, to deteriorate. And when anybody sees lepers, the first thing you do is, you know why? It's also contagious. So we don't have this. Leprosy is still available right now. It's not been wiped out. And the worst leprosy is social lepers. We don't want to go somewhere and we're the ones who don't belong. You don't want to go everywhere and everybody's dressed up and you're the one dressed as if you're their house girl or house boy. I can't tell you the number of times that my simplicity has gotten me in trouble. I've been in the shop before and they came and asked me like, I'm asking you to bring water now. Bring water. I'm like pulling my eyes. Look at you. Instantly I look at me. This kind of shop attendance. It's also, also the shame of having a common name like Moses. There are some people's name that nobody will copy and hold over. <laughs> nobody can nobody can shake that name right he will never get this kind of call somebody called me Moses I say yes ma'am where are you I'm in Leke what are, what are you doing in Leke I send you to go and carry the children from Antonio what are you still doing in Leke I'm like I'm sorry ma <laughs> but I think you have the wrong Moses <laughs> driver's name was Moses <laughs> she said oh Pastor Moses I'm so sorry <laughs> but 
but I think I went I went along for the journey for a bit I, I think I was enjoying it a little bit <laughs> after a while we are afraid that everybody is going to turn away and walk away from us the biggest reason why we don't share our faith it's not even our emotional shame that is the problem it's not even our physical shame that is the problem the biggest shame is to be ashamed of Christ is to be ashamed of what God has done in you is to lack confidence to be a representative of the kingdom of God is to have no ability to represent Christ that is the biggest shame of all and if you have that shame how miserable are you that what God has done in you you're unable to communicate it. That who you are, you're unable to speak about it. That what Abba has done in you is lost in you alone. And you're so ashamed. You so want to preserve yourself that you cannot speak of Christ. God forbid that your title will inhibit me. God forbid that your estate in life will stop me. God forbid that what you have will stop me from preaching to you. God forbid that who you think you are will close my mouth and stop me from declaring about the man who has saved me. God forbid that anything in earth or heaven will stop me from declaring who I have become. And he said to you, will you testify of me? Or will you be ashamed of me in this wicked and evil generation? God wants Ecclesia Hills to begin to share their faith. God wants you to begin to speak of what he has done in you. God wants you to be unashamed. God wants you to feel no shame to declare who he is in you. Feel no shame. Feel no shame. Feel no shame. We are not ashamed to represent many things. We're not ashamed to speak about many things. When it comes to God, there's a discomfort that fills our spirit. Oh, that you will not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Hallelujah. We become agents for poverty. It's great to be an agent for poverty. It's great to be an agent for human rights. Human beings were created in the image and likeness of God. Human rights was not designed by human rights watch. Human rights are designed by God. God said, let us make man in our own image and after our likeness. That is why you're not allowed to kill man. Because God is the first person who put value in man. So God saw value in man. And environmental protection is important. We become agents for environmental protection. God wants us to preserve the earth. The Bible says, multiply, replenish, and subdue the earth. Conquer the earth. Plant gardens. Some of you, your house is too dry. Plant gardens. What did I say? Oh, look what in your plant. Look for something. Beautify your world. It's very important. Yes, please 
do something about your house. And guess what? You don't need a big house before you can do something. It's only a flower pot. Buy it from the road. Take it home. Take care of something. It's good. But that's small. God is the first person who said, replenish the earth. Take care of the earth. Nurture the earth. Environmentalists have taken it as if it is something that is anti-God, as if God is the one destroying the earth. It's not true. Do you understand? It's not true. We can become LGBTQ rights advocates. Of course they are human beings. Who made them in his image and likeness? Was it not God? Are we supposed to kill them? No. Are we supposed to hate them? No. So, but some Christians have decided that their main agenda is to be defenders of LGBTQ rights. I'm wondering like, how? How is this your agenda? How is this your fight? Do you understand? It's not your fight. You shouldn't have any of this fight. Some people fight for social change. Social change is great. How is that your central war? Changing society. How is that your central war? When you know that when society is changed, when men have done their best, humanity will still be in need of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Don't be an agent for a lesser thing. Don't be an agent for a lesser thing. These things are good, but they are less than what you should be an agent for. Don't be an agent for education or health alone. In fact, the reason why we do charity is because we are an agent for God. It's not because we believe in charity so much. It's actually because we believe in God so much. And we are the extension of God's hands to people. That's why we do charity. Charity is not an end in itself. Charity only leads us to God. That's why we do it. Do you guys understand? The number one thing about you the number one thing you should be promoting, the number one agenda that should fill your mind is to represent the kingdom of God. It's the gospel of salvation. The gospel of salvation. You know, we've been shaming people for a long time. There's a shaming culture that's going on, right? So we shame people who do domestic violence, right? So men who beat up their wives will bring them out, put them out on social media, embarrass them and all of that. Has it stopped other men from doing the same thing? We've been shaming people who do discrimination, right? Like tribal people, nepotism, corruption. We've been shaming people who do rape, touching, groping. But do people stop because of shaming? None of these things has the power to stop people. All your movements don't stop nobody. Some of the most effective cultures against corruption are like the British. Who was there when, okay, it was Nafa and I doing a business meeting with a guy from Scotland. 
this last week and the guy was telling us about the amount of corruption in Scotland where Donald Trump went to Scotland to go and build a golf course <laughs> you know this and he knew that they wouldn't let him so he he called his friend there's a man I won't call his name he called his friend who was who had all the counselors in the Aberdeen area in his paycheck he pays them by other means gives them houses in his housing business called the man and said I want to build a golf course here I know this is reserved land and they will never let me do it but do you have some senators so they now the people now went and repurposed the whole area now did something and changed the area from a reserved area to a residential area and in the residential area Donald Trump will build some some houses and of course all those people who were senators will get get a house each in the housing area and the other part where he wants to build a golf course he will build a golf course right and the golf course has now been built for the past 20 years right what does that tell you is that corruption or not But corruption has to be more slick in other parts of the world. It's not like taking money and putting it inside a bag and traveling abroad. Like, like <laughs> it's systematized so that the corruption works well with the system. There's development, you see land, you see houses, but it's still what? Corruption. So, no matter how we tackle corruption, the heart of man is innately corrupt. So God doesn't want you to be tackling something from the outside that you should be doing from the inside. Every time you fight any of these battles, guess what you are doing? You are tackling from the outside what you should be fighting from the inside. The Bible says from the heart of man proceeds wickedness. Evil comes from the heart of man. If you want to change society, what should you change? Change the heart of man. And that is why the devil wants to limit us. Some people don't believe in the gospel anymore. They believe like, oh, change society, feed the poor. This is this. Now, these are great things to do. Don't get me wrong. But this is not who you are. You are a heart changer. Say, I am a heart changer. Oh, you are a heart changer. Say, I am a heart changer. Oh, I can't hear you this morning. Say, I change the hearts of men. I turn the wicked into righteousness. I bring people back to their God. I am a heart changer. I change hearts. That's what God wants you to do. Change hearts. Change hearts. Change hearts. Don't just change social vices. The heart that produces the vices has no capacity to stop until the heart is changed. The man that is doing evil cannot stop doing evil until God changes him from the inside. So don't change the symptoms. Go to the root of the problem. The root is the heart of man. And if you're here this morning and you don't know God like we're talking, you're not born again and your heart is not regenerated, this is your opportunity. What are you waiting for? 
God can change you. He can give you a new heart. He can adjust your mind. And the things that are important to you will be so different from what you are pursuing right now. Change of heart. Hallelujah. Why can't we share? Why do we feel shame to declare what God has done in us? We feel self-condemnation. Shame comes from self-condemnation. So Romans chapter 8 verse 1, our scripture there says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not out of the flesh, but out of the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. No condemnation. So now it's time for you to preach to someone. Say to them, I want to tell you, no condemnation. If you are in Christ, I don't care what the devil is saying. You are not condemned. Oh, don't be afraid. Say you are not condemned. Point your finger to them and say you are not condemned. God is working on you. God is speaking to you. No condemnation. Walk in Christ. Live in Christ. Rise up in Christ. Don't be ashamed. Don't feel like you're not good enough. Don't walk after the flesh. Walk after the spirit and condemnation. Like sometimes we feel like we don't know enough about other religions. Especially outside of Nigeria. You feel like, what is Shintoism? What is the Baha'i faith? What is Buddhism? What is Islam? And because you don't know this, we feel like if somebody says they're a Muslim, then what do you do? You feel like all of a sudden you're floating. So guess what you're supposed to do? Ask God to give you the hearts of people. Reach beyond the religion. It's not you're arguing with them about their religion that will save them. Do you understand? Reach, reach into the heart. Everybody has a heart. Ask God to give you the key to open hearts. And once the hearts of people are open, the power of God will come in. Social negativity. You know, sometimes we can't share because every time, there was a time when social media, gays and lesbian atheists were, were policing the churches in Nigeria. If you, if you tweet anything about God lost sinners, they say, yeah, right. But God killed a thousand people. You say God loves the whole world. They say, yeah, that's how he sends salt to wipe out the Amalekites. You say God is a misogynist. God hates women. That's, they followed all the churches and disproved of what the church is saying. So it's not the same anymore. The church cannot go and write the same old things anymore. The church must be wiser in their use of media. But it doesn't mean that you should be ashamed. Sometimes, you know the big one? No power. Sometimes we don't feel like we're connected to God. How can you speak about a God which you have no connection to? How can you speak about God who you don't feel like you've been with? How can you go and be talking about God if you haven't touched Him? How can you speak about someone who you don't know? How can you represent a God who is far away? You don't really understand Him. But if you begin to journey with God, God will begin to give you His power. Say Amen. God is interested in giving you His power. And Romans chapter, uh, Romans chapter 1 verse 16, we're going to read it shortly. But God is interested in giving His power. God is not just a distant thunder or a removed deity. You know what a removed deity is? In Greek mythology, there's, God is called sometimes the Dios Absconditus. The God who has absconded. 
so Greeks have lots of gods many they have a pantheon of gods but they have this myth, myth that when God was creating the earth after a while the earth became too much trouble for him it's like a human being creating uh, a test tube baby or something like that and then the baby got really you know you know how you start creating you've seen those movies where you start making a human being, including a human being, and the human being turns into a tiger and you run away. Uh, what was that name of that movie where they were making cloning a human being? It came out 10 years ago, or something like that. Sorry? Is it a, no, I, was it a robot. Was, was it a woman and a man in a lab, and they created this human being who had two legs and had the head of a chicken. Sorry. Yeah. So, the long story short, the woman and the man ran away from the thing they created. <laughs> but the, the thing is, this, that thing she created had her DNA, so he knows everything she was going to do and where she was going to be. <laughs> so the thing kept running after her and posing as her. God is a Jesus absconditors. He started making the earth. When he saw the trouble of man was too much, God ran away. Far away from the earth. As far as the heaven is from the earth. That's how he removed himself from mankind. You know that's what some people feel? Like if God, God is not that powerful. God is not that great. This is not true. God is here now. His spirit is in you now. The Holy Spirit is right here in this room as we talk about him. He's here this morning. He's here today to give you life and to bring you into God. Hallelujah. Amen. There will be no lack of power. God gives us power in different ways. Here are the four ways in which we have power. Number one, John chapter 1, verse 12. He gave the right to become the children of God to those who received him. He gave them to them, put their trust to those who put their trust in his name. These are children of God. They were not born of blood and of flesh or of man's desire, but they were born of God. The first power God wants to give to you is to become sons. Say amen. You know, we talk about power to get wealth all the time, but the first power God wants to give to you is the power to become a son of God. He wants to create sonship in you. He wants to make you his child. He wants to make you his own. He wants you to become like him in every way. The next power God wants to give you is the power to set people free. Say amen. God wants to give you the power to heal. Just how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, the Holy Spirit, and with power went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. God wants you to have power to be a deliverer, power to save men, power to remove pain from hurting bodies, power to lay your hands on the broken and they will become well. God wants to give you this power. Then God wants to give you power to live above harm. Say amen. Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Say, Amen. 
God wants to give you power to live right. When you fully awaken to righteousness, temptation will lose their power over you. The power to live right. The power to live right. The power to live right. Amen. Let's read this together. What did they find? What changed? Want to go? What changed the chief persecutor of the church? What new knowledge made him count it joy to be beaten, suffer arrest and imprisonment? Paul fought murderous spiritual beasts, stood up to Caesar and Agrippa, the great rulers of his time for his faith. What did he find? They were changed inside out. Peter, Paul, and the other apostles experienced a thrill of purpose. This ordinary fisherman collided with the thinking of their time. They were radically transformed and ready for die for what they believed in. What did they see? What broke shame from them? What made them unashamed? What made Lily Levard men to stand up and begin to preach the gospel? What happened to them? What, what was it that transformed them and changed them? What was it that changed their agenda for life? What was it that they lived for? What was it that was most important to them? What was it that changed ordinary fishermen to become prolific world changers? The power of God. Say the power of God. I can't hear you this morning. Say the power of God. Say the power of God. Say, I desire the power. Lift up your hands this morning. I desire this same power. I desire transformation. I desire grace. I desire life. I want it, oh God. I don't want to live in shame anymore. I am unashamed of the gospel of Christ. I am not ashamed. Not ashamed. Not ashamed. Not ashamed to declare what you've done in me. Not ashamed. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Oh, oh. It may be foolishness to some, but to us who are being saved, this is the power of God. Don't live for anything else. Don't live for any lesser power. Don't live for fame. Don't live for money. Don't live for your intellect. Live for the power of God. Say amen. I am not, let's read this together. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Greek, then to the Greek. For the gospel release, it reveals the righteousness of God that comes by faith from start to finish. Just as it's written, the righteous will live by faith. The power of God. 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 Hallelujah. Swing wide. Come together, strangers, neighbors, our blood is one. Children of generations. 
every nation of kingdom come. So don't let your heart be troubled. Oh. Hold your head up high. Don't fear no evil. Fix, Fix your eyes on this one truth. God is madly in love with you. So take courage, hold on, be strong. Remember where our help comes from. Oh, 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 after me lift up your hands lift up your hands lift up your hands say I am not ashamed I can't hear you say I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ it is the power of God unto salvation to all who believe so today I take a stand to declare to proclaim to speak to share, to encourage all the people in my world. I am not ashamed to represent the gospel of Christ. I will speak with boldness. I will speak with confidence the gospel of Christ. So empower me, Lord. So give me the power, Lord. Give me the grace, Lord God. Give me the enablement, my God.
to go forth in your name to proclaim your gospel to be the agent of the kingdom to be the one who speak your power to be the one who brings your grace down i am not ashamed regardless of the detail in my life regardless of what is not okay regardless of my position i am not ashamed regardless of anything i am not ashamed i am not ashamed i am not ashamed i want you to declare this say i am not ashamed i am not ashamed i am not ashamed i am full of holy confidence i am full of strength by the spirit of god i've been enabled by god's spirit in my inner man I will speak of the goodness of God. I will declare the power of God. The gospel is my meat. That to do the will of him who called me and to finish the work that is given to me. I will stand in any place you send me. I will go wherever you want me to go. I am not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Not ashamed. Not ashamed. No more shame. I wipe out shame, oh God. I wipe out shame of temperament, shame of behavior, shame of social position, shame of resources, every kind of shame I wipe out from this church today. We are the ownership church of Christ. We're not ashamed of what God has done in us. We're not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. No shame. No more shame. No more shame. Father, we repent of honoring ourselves more than we honor you. Father, we repent of placing ourselves in our secure zones more than we place you. We repent, oh God, this day. And we offer our hearts to you again. Use us, oh God. Give us those opportunities again to be a witness for you. Bring those people away again that we should speak to, oh God. And we may stand and represent you, oh God. That's our heart cry. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org.